we should read our Bibles. As men digging for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site, I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Stephen, and Chad, we'll be your guides on this excursion, hope you brought your shovel and your compass, cause we got the map, let's dig. Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Well it's now, July 4th is now past. Oh yeah. I'm back from vacation. Yeah, we're, uh, I guess we're mid, mid-July, ain't we? Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, you missed out yesterday. Oh, what happened yesterday? We harvested 50 chickens. Harvested. Harvested. Is that the politically correct term for That's slaughter? Slaughtered, killed, <laughs> gutted. <laughs> So we got a freezer full of chicken now. We do have a freezer full of chicken. Nice. Barbecue. Oh, the best is smoking it on the grill, on the smoker. Mm. With mesquite wood. Can't get no better than that right there. Yeah. Can't be talking about food. We ain't going to get nothing done, man. I know it. <laughs> we sitting there slobbering. I'm already, I ain't had lunch yet. Uh-oh. But yeah. Uh, What'd you do? We went to Destin, Florida for the week. Destin. July 4th. It was pretty awesome beautiful white sand beaches uh it's usually clear water but we were there and they said that june grass was uh in bloom so it was kind of some seaweed and stuff so they say it's hit and miss around that time of year it hit it hit <laughs> <laughs> well uh, well we're the uh two amigos two today. amigos so it seems like it's been going on the past couple episodes yeah it's summertime, man. Everybody's everybody's doing stuff. Out gallivanting around, enjoying the weather. I'm just, I got so much here, I don't go nowhere. Oh, yeah, you're like me. <laughs> yeah, but you went on vacation. Well, yeah, once a year. Yeah, once I took a year, vacation, I but I stayed here and worked. <laughs> I have to go back to work to get a break. Uh, well, this, uh, with this one, I guess the subject matter uh, is uh, is the law dead. Yes, is the old law dead? And that's something that uh, I would think that's should be pretty fundamental as a Christian. You know, I was always you know taught from a young age that uh, you know we are brought uh, in favor with God through grace, a gift that's freely given and not by works. But uh, I understand you know in the Jewish religion they don't really you know we've talked about this before yeah, don't they accept don't accept Jesus as the yeah. Messiah. So yeah, no. So they're still living under the old law, which is impossible to accomplish. Oh, it is, yeah. So, therefore, I guess you'd have to sacrifice once a month or once well, a week or whatever. Well, how many chickens did you sacrifice? <laughs> well, 
Are you covered now? But I didn't offer them to the Lord, so Uh, I guess not. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Do I need to go pick the fattest ones, the ones with the prettier skin? Well, it's too late now. Without blemishes? Yeah, you got to burn the fat. Yeah. But uh, a sweet savor to the Lord. Yeah. Um, Now, like for me... I never really studied this until this past couple weeks. Uh, I believe that, you know, the the most of the old law was dead. You know, the, you know, like they had, like, you could only take so many steps on the Sabbath day. You had to prepare all your food the day before so you wasn't cooking on the Sabbath. You know, all this different... Sacrificial system. Yeah. (laughs) All this... uh, when your wife menstruates, you gotta put her in a cave for a week before you can ever see her or touch her. Yeah, yeah. You can't touch a woman who's unclean, which would be during her when her aunt Flo comes to visit. <laughs> aunt Flo. <laughs> um but but I always kinda assumed, you know, like the Ten Commandments still stood. But I I'm kinda not there now. Which I'm not saying that the Ten Commandments aren't good to follow, because obviously they are. And if you're uh, if you're following after after God and trying to di- you know be as close to Jesus like Christ like as you can, then obviously you're gonna follow the Ten Commandments minus the Sabbath day, because. You know, if you're not following the Sabbath day laws, the logistic laws, you know, then does that throw out the Sabbath day altogether? Well, even Jesus then, said, you know, uh, what was he said to the Pharisees uh, when they were picking grain and stuff oh, outside? Yeah. He said, yep. you know, the Sabbath was made for man. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. That's right. So, as we get into this, I guess we'll uh, clear some of this up. Oh yeah, better. And like with me too, that's you know, me and Ben, we both arrive at the same finish line on our thought process. You know, like with me, my thought process was all the old Levitical laws, sacrificial system, all that stuff was dead, but the Ten Commandments stood. Right. And because they're good moral teachings. Right. And it's not a basically a checklist you have to complete before you get into heaven it's a, it's something that you don't you don't have to do but you therefore want to right. do i guess look at it like this if the 10 commandments were still law what did you have to do to repent for breaking the law oh yeah you, you had, had to sacrifice sacrificial system yeah but we don't have to sacrifice nothing right so therefore the payment for breaking the law is not there. So if you're not paying to break the law, is the law still there? Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying, yeah. Like the whole umbrella term. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you ask for forgiveness instead of doing works for forgiveness or righteousness. Right. Right. Well, uh. If that made sense. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Clear as mud, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm good for. But, uh. One thing I wanted to just kind of touch on before we got started, there's a a, a video you can guys look it up. It's uh, on YouTube and stuff, and uh, 
the name of the company that does it. They do, they do all these little short videos, like with cartoons and illustrations, and really dumbify stuff. And I really you like cartoons. I, I like that. I do. Uh, the Bible Project, and that's some of the guys that's affiliated with, with Logos and Faith Life Bible Study and stuff like that. But they did a video like on the law, and uh, I just wanted to touch on a few of those things before we got started in digging into Scripture because uh, a lot of people don't realize, I guess, because, I mean, they're not Jewish. They can't speak you know, Hebrew or read Hebrew. I can't neither. But I mean, I can Definitely study and, and I can hardly find read this stuff English. out. You know, I can hardly read English. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I can dig a little bit. But uh, a lot of people don't realize. But there was 613 commandments given to Israel in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Like you said, it's almost. I mean, it might as well say it's impossible. You know, what I mean, only one There's man no did way. it. Only one yeah. man did it. Uh, but these are the first five books of the Hebrew Bible is called the Torah. Well, Torah in English is translated as the law. You know, uh, am I supposed to obey all of these, some of these? What is the purpose of the law? You know, the Torah, a.k.a. the law, does have laws in it, but it is fundamentally a story how God is creating a new kind of people, fully able to love God and love others. Jesus taught about the Torah. You know, he was Jewish after all, and how he brought that story to fulfillment. So what's the overall story? The overall story, you know, Genesis. God created humanity, and they rebelled, you know, with some help from the fallen angels and Satan himself, of course. But God chooses Abraham to bless all the nations through his family who wound up in slavery in Egypt, and God rescues them. So then we arrive at Exodus. You know, Exodus is the rescue. At Mount Sinai, God makes a covenant, which is an agreement with his people. The laws that Moses gives are the terms of that agreement, like a constitution. Some laws set Israel apart from other nations, some social justice and morality. But following this, Israel would show that other na- show to other nations what God was like. And the, t- the Ten Commandments were the first. Right. So before there, you know, he made the agreement. There's no transgressions yet. It's a fresh, clean new slate. They get the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, so right after this, Israel breaks those laws with the golden calf. So then we get into the book of Leviticus. That's the idol. Yeah, exactly. And yep. so then you get into Leviticus. You know, as a result, Moses gives some more laws, then more stories of rebellion, then more laws. You go into Numbers, some rebellion again, more laws. More rebellion equals what? More laws. More laws. I think you guys are starting to get the point here, right? The the laws come because of transgressions. So when you get into Deuteronomy, the conclusion of the story is Moses is is giving his speech to Israel as they prepare to enter the promised land. And he tells them he knows that they're not going to follow all of God's laws. You have proven yourselves incapable. The problem was that their hearts were hard. They were going to need a new and transformed heart if they were going to truly follow God's laws. And he was right. So then you get into Joshua through Kings. This goes on about all their total failures. They go into the land, they break the laws. You know, it's it's this never-ending cycle. It just keeps repeating itself. All the way to the day. Yeah. So it says the next section of this book is the, the book of the prophets. you got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, plus 12 other what they call minor prophets. 
you know, the book of Ezekiel said, if they were going to ever obey God's law, he would have to transform their hearts into new soft hearts. The book of Jeremiah said that it uh, said that is when it wouldn't feel like a duty or chore that they would want to, and it would be written deep within their hearts. Then you come to Isaiah, promised a future leader, Israel's Messiah, would lead all of his people into obedience to the law. Together, all these books are called the prophets, even the historical ones, Joshua through Ezekiel and the 12 minor prophets. They are continuing the story from the perspective of the prophets, the Old Testament, you know, which is the law, and then the prophets. So the law and the prophets is the Old Testament. Jesus saw himself as continuing that story. So he agreed with the laws and the prophets when he taught. That's uh, out of the human heart that comes out is the ugliest parts of humanity. The default settings of our hearts is opposed to God's law. He came to solve that problem in his words, to fulfill the law. Jesus said we could fulfill God's law with his greatest commandment. Love God and love others. Love fulfills the law. So Jesus fulfilled this law by fully loving God and others, thus showing the other nations what God was truly like where Israel had failed. So after the resurrection, he sent the Holy Spirit to transform their hearts so they would follow him and fulfill the purpose of the law, love God and love others. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he did the ultimate show of love by dying for us on the cross. Yeah, amen. I mean, and I can't remember where the verse is, but there there is a verse that says, no greater is, is the love of one man dying for another. Yeah. So, Lay down uh, his life for his friends. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... And the thing about about the whole thing is Jesus died on the cross and at the end of his time on the cross he said, Lord, why have you, or Father, why have you forsaken me? I mean, he felt almost he knew he had to and he felt almost betrayed a little bit because he had to go through with it. Well, you know, I always thought with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, you know, they say God cannot be around sin. At this point, well, that, Jesus exactly. was without sin. So he yeah. took on all took the world's the, sins, so he God was cut from the Father. Well, he couldn't look at them. Exactly. He couldn't be around them, so that's why have you, why have you almost, I mean, obviously we're, we're all humans, and we're taking this as a human would take it. You know, we're not Jesus or God. It's almost like, why Why did you turn away? When I needed you the most, I took all this sin on me, and you turned away. That's that's the way I feel. Like, when I needed, I took all the pain, the suffering, everything, and then you weren't there. Well, he was always in, in total communication with the Father oh, yeah. to this point. Well, of course, yeah. So, Jesus, that's one thing we, we tend to forget, is that he was fully divine, but right. at the same time, he, he was, was fully still, human. Yeah, he was still human. And therefore, if he if he paid for our sin... What did he say at the end? He said, it is finished. Yeah. It and is, it said, yeah. and the veil was torn from yeah. top to bottom. I'll get to that. Yeah. 
But one thing I want to say before we get started, I just got a few of the Old Testament get stuff that points we're that way. Started yeah, now, we're just now so. getting our toes wet. We're, we're <laughs> we, just, got we just now we got, got the tip lot. of the shovel in. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. When I started this, it was kind of uh, to prove a point. Because I see a lot of Christians, you know, that, that well, not, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's, you know, some Christians that hold to that the law is not dead, and especially Jewish people. So to me, it was like I wanted to prove a point. You know, yeah, and then once I started, I was so humbled. I mean, I was brought to tears the other night reading this because I, I, I actually seen all this from a new perspective for the first time. Right. It humbled me to my core. I thought that I was supposed to, I wasn't obligated to follow the law. You know, I knew that, but it was like I, I wanted to do that to be a better imager of God. Right. Okay. Which is the whole purpose. And then when I got to studying and reading into these things, it humbled me to my core. It made me feel how flawed and imperfect of a person that I am, but I'm still given this gift freely. I don't deserve it. No, There's nothing not I could do to ever earn it, but it's given to me. And it did, man. It touched me. And uh, I, know, I know now what Isaiah was talking about about softening the heart and writing it on your heart because there's nothing legalistic about it I want to do these things to please my heavenly father who gives me the gifts that I know that I can never earn on my own yeah and it did man it just humbled me yeah you got, you got me kind of <laughs> uh, where's the tissues we don't have tissues. We're men here. Um, yeah, it says like you're. I don't think. I but it's crazy that. though, like how the the Old Testament all points that way, right? You know, Deuteronomy uh, chapter thirty, verse six. It says, "And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul." that you may live. You know, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, to obey is better than sacrifice. You know, this is all Old Testament when they were under right. the law. Psalms chapter 40, verse 6 through 8. In sacrifice and offering you have no delight, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book it is written of me I delight to do your will oh my God your law is within my heart you know and I got three more uh, Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 19 I will give them a new heart and a new spirit which is the Holy Spirit the helper will put within them so even in Ezekiel, Old Testament, they were talking about the coming of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You know, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. It's, about, you know, it's the repeated uh, line from Ezekiel, just more emphasis added to it, you know. And then the last one I got is Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. It says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, 
and I will write, write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Now, you know, get into your, uh, okay. your big deep so, dive. Your yeah. Looking at the book of Galatians, which the entire book of Galatians is about the old law. So, uh, Paul went to, would you call it Galatia? Yeah. Which they're saying, which uh, is like modern day Iraq area, um, which I've been there. Yeah. And tell, <laughs> tell them what you told me in the text, though. That's important. Uh, about the, the, the whole background of why he was writing the letter. You remember that video you Pointed um, me to okay. So what was going on behind his back? That why he felt he right. Needed to write well, I got this it right okay, here. Okay. So, <clears throat> so Paul went to Galatia, and and founded this church. Then he did it. What do they call him a tour, whatever. He he went a bunch of different places, and then he went the same route again, or at least yeah. through Galatia again. Um. And then. I think he was he in Rome when he wrote this. I can't remember. I can't remember. He wasn't. But he, he obviously was wasn't and there. Churches yeah, and yeah, he wasn't there. So he wrote him a letter. Okay. So Paul addresses a problem with a group of people that's in this church of Galatia. So the the people of Galatians, and he calls him a Judaizer. Judaizer is a person who believes you are saved through Jesus Christ but is very legalistic, still has their Jewish backgrounds, so they were probably Jewish, um, and this is obviously in in Gentile territory, but some Jewish people are there. So they're in the church um, spreading their their little gossips and trying to turn the people without, like a word, against Paul kind of thing saying he don't have it all figured out right you know? yeah so he's only got half of it right, right. so uh, let's see here very le- just background believes to the only way to be right with God is to come through Jesus but also have to follow Jewish law which is keeping all the laws the holidays the festivals pretty much everything the Old Testament teaches but also you have to have faith in Christ so yeah, like Christ wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ wasn't enough. You have to believe that Jesus was died on the cross, but you still have to do all these other works. So is so obviously, if you have a gift, but still work for it, it's no longer a gift. It's is no it? longer a gift. And and I got a story here later, you know, kind of to go more into that. But so. Paul's addressing these Judaizers, and they're telling people that Jesus is not enough, that they also need Jewish law. Um, let's see here. And what chapter and stuff you in that? Oh, okay. So this is Galatians. This is so Galatians is kind of split up in three different sections. If there's six chapters, so pretty much the first um, chapters one and two is is personal. He's pretty much defending himself 
you know, this is what all I've done, this is what I've went through, um, and stuff like that. Then chapter three and four is more uh, doc, doctrinal. Oh, gosh, what's that word? The doctrine, more about the doctrine. Yeah, yeah doctrine. And then five chapters five and six is more practical. It kind of gives more explanation, I guess. Um, and I'm just going to basically let Paul tell you because he, he does it pretty good. But uh, so I wrote here, uh, is it just Jesus or do we have to have, do we have to, ha- to add more? If we add more, um, then why did Jesus die? Right? And what happens after, and what happened after his death? This is like the veil. Okay, if you have to add works, then faith isn't good enough. Yeah, or Jesus right. wasn't good enough. Right. The cross wasn't so, good enough. So, who's going to say that, right? If God wasn't good enough, we still have to do works and still have to do these things, right? Then what's the point, right? And then, like, we're talking about the veil, right? So, so when, when Jesus died, the veil in the temple ripped in two from top to bottom. And... I don't remember where I heard this, but I've heard it when I was a child. Like, the veil was four inches thick. Has anybody tried to rip a phone book? Paper is a whole lot easier to rip than fabric. So it is impossible for a man to rip four-inch piece of fabric from top to bottom. He had to climb up there first. And, and another thing, too, is why would they want to? What, yeah, what is the, the veil and what's what's behind okay, the veil? Okay, yeah. So the veil separates the Holy of Holies from everything else in the temple. The presence of God. Okay, right. So if it's ripped in two when Jesus dies, there is no boundary. There, there is no... Because only the priest was allowed in there, and he had to do his own special... Sanctification, clean yeah, himself, clean, cleanse himself before he could even go in there. And Doug, I remember Doug saying that they'd even tie a rope around the priest yeah, just in so case he, he wasn't clean. They could drag him. Yeah, because if you wasn't clean enough, or you'd, I guess you'd die. Yeah. So they would tie a rope to him so they could get the body back out. I mean, that would be kind of eerie going there. <laughs> I'm the seventy seventh, pre- you know. Priest. Yeah. I hope that gun didn't have a freckle underneath yeah. its armpit I didn't see. Yeah, and be like, man, this uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bones in here. <laughs> but anyways, um, so, and, and, but what happened, What what's happened, right? Before we get into to Galatians, they sewed, they sewed the veil back. They tried to, yeah, by yeah. wanting to follow the law. Yeah, they wanted to, they continued doing their, th- the Jewish people who didn't believe, they continued doing their thing. But at the same time, the handkerchief that they put on the lamp, it yeah, the no longer yeah. turned white. It stopped. The Talmud, right. which was a, a, a Jewish which rabbinic talked, book yeah, that they documented everything. Before. Yeah, it stopped so, turning white. So you have all these things that happened besides Jesus dying on the cross and doing all this stuff. Too much evidence right. to... Yeah. And the thing is, Paul was alive during all this happening. Paul Paul was... I mean, this when he was named Saul, he persecuted Christians. 
His whole life's goal was to kill him. Well, he was a Pharisee. Yeah. He believed what they, what the people oh, yeah. he's yeah, talking he to believed, now, he yeah. believed like them. Yeah. So, and he, uh, like Justin was talking about um, a little video. If you get on YouTube, there's a guy named Skip Heitzik. This Dude, dude's, dude's amazing. He's awesome. I love well, his Well, he has a series. And me and me and one of the guys at work when we get time, I told him that we're gonna start listening to one a day or one a you know yeah. as often as we get a little free time because they're about an hour long. We're gonna I'm, I'm we're gonna listen to the whole darn thing. Well, he it, the series is called the Bible from thirty thousand feet. And so he's got he's, a book too. I looked at yeah. Oh, he's, thing. he gets into a lot too on on Galatians here. We we. I shared it with Justin. We watched it, and it was really good. And then I also got right here. So if we have to do works, right? So we believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit, which Christ says is all we need, right? And that's what the the whole New Testament's the whole New Testament's talking about it. But we still need works. Well, how much works? When's enough? Is is helping an old lady cross the street enough? Is well, I mean, a lot of them d- use that scripture too? You know, you know faith that that works is dead. Yeah, yeah, they coincide together, but it's 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 a an act of wanting to, not a legalistic check right. Mark. You don't have to, but like like our preacher Doug said, a lot of us we're gonna make it into heaven with our robe on fire. Oh yeah. You don't have to do works to get to to get to heaven, but if you're truly seeking God, then the works will come natural. It it'll it'll all like Skip said in that video. It's like a tree. Have you ever walked among uh, you know around? Say he he used apple tree, apple tree, right? And you, have you ever looked at that apple tree and it's sweating, it's moaning and groaning like, oh, I gotta make this gotta make these apples no that limb only has to be attached to the trunk of the tree the fruit comes natural it just happens just gotta no, hang in there no, yeah 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 there's no there's no no work involved so if you're attached to to christ if you're a, reading your bible every day doing this Fruit will just happen. It's just it's just I gonna flow out of you, right? Oh, that was perfect. I didn't even write it down. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna steal that. You know, I don't want to oh, copyright them. You know, you gave homage. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like you know. I mean, it's the perfect example. Yeah. You know. Okay, so starting in chapter three, like, which it's even all... in that first chapter though, or second chapter, where he's basically giving all his accolades and stuff like yeah. that, he, he touches on it. Yeah. You know, he said. Uh, we ourselves are Jews by birth, because like we talked about, he right. was. He was a Pharisee. Yeah, he was a Jew, yeah. He said, so we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified right and then he gets into it 
And what what I'm getting at is the the first three words Mr. in chapter, chapter three. Chapter three. Oh, foolish Galatians! So he they was, got it wrong. He, he was yeah. He was. I think he was a little upset. Yeah. Right. Because, well, obviously, you know, he just opened his church and told them yeah. the, the truth, and yeah. then they walked away, and then he's they're influenced by you have, by you have these little false oh, teachings. They said like who it, has bewitched you? It says yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it says not literal little witchcraft. This is in in the study Bible, not little witchcraft, but um, enticing arguments. You know, like they're just oh, you know, just manipulating. Just well, yeah. I mean, Jesus died, but you got all entertaining this, the wrong voices. Yeah, we yeah yeah, and and what do we do? We all do it. You know, we all sit here and and and. You know, we'll watch something or read something like, oh, well, that's interesting. And the next thing you know, you're thinking like they're thinking, even though they have nothing r- truly to back it up with. You're just relying off their interpretations to right. dig in yourself. Right. Yeah. And then and then next thing you know, you're going the wrong way. Yeah. You know, and and you got to be careful. You got to have some discernment, you know. So, um, because anybody can take verses out of, out of any book of the Bible oh, and, and twist pick, it you can you know, like make, the news today yeah. they'll take a 30 minute interview and take two excerpts out of it and make it totally something it's not you right. gotta you gotta read everything around it and, and study yourself don't take people's word for what they right. say so it starts oh foolish Galatians who has cast an evil spell on you for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross so that pretty much tells me Paul, I mean, he explained it exactly how it happened. They, you know, in school, they brought in that little that little TV stand with the big TV and showed you a movie pretty much. Oh, yeah. he, he made sure they knew the truth before he left. Right. Now now it's all twisted. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this, this chapter or verse two. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. So believing in Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. Obeying the laws of Moses, you get nothing. Okay? How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why would you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Or, yeah, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? Um, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham... The first Jew, he was a Gentile before God come to him. He was him. called out. Yeah. Yep, Abraham believed God, and and at this point, I want to say it was about the children, wasn't it? Yeah, he believed. His, it, yeah. his first promise was he's going to give them children, and Abraham was like, he believed. Him. I'm eighty something years old or seventy something years old, and he said, step outside, look at the stars. If you can count them, that's how many. And it children. was counted unto him as yeah. righteousness. Right. 
And it said, and that's the the faith, next, yeah. And it counted him as righteous because of his faith. Not he didn't even works. have the laws yet. No, this was God's initial conversation with him. He believed God, so therefore God found him to be righteous in his faith, his belief of what God was telling him. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God, not his actual born of the blood of the womb children. He's talking about God's promise, which... I mean, Abraham could have took it either way, I guess. But it was more of his spiritual brothers and sisters or children, you know, sons and daughters. Because it says in, 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 yeah. in your name, all nations shall be blessed. Right. That's the future yeah, not, promise. Yeah, not, not the Gentile. It don't, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the real children of Abraham is the one who put their faith in God. What more, or what's what's more, the scripture looked forward, or the scriptures looked forward to the time when God would would make the Gentiles right in His sight because of their faith. God proclaimed His good news to Abraham long ago, and He said, "All nations will be blessed through you," like He just said, "All nations." So all who put their faith in Christ shall be the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. It's, yeah, we are now adopted. Right. Yeah. Um, Verse 10, right? Yeah, 10. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. Under a okay? curse? Under a curse. Why would I mean, you want to go back to a curse? I don't know. For the scriptures say... Cursed is everyone who does not observe and, o- and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. And like we said before, I'll read it again. Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. Nobody can do it. So everybody We're is all cursed. Doomed. We're all cursed. You can't do it. It's impossible. Okay, so he's saying, why, why go back to the law when you're when it curses you? You're you're cursed if you. That's the whole point of Jesus, is to take the curse away. Yep. Okay. He becomes the curse later. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law, for the scriptures say, and he's. When he says the scriptures say, he's going back to Old Testament stuff. And he's telling you what the Old Testament says, which obviously he's that's not telling Jesus you That's why Jesus said, I came to fulfill the yeah, law. It all pointed right. to him. So, and as for the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Uh, that's the, the quote. Uh, verse 12. This, uh, this way of faith... Yeah, this way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says, quote, Old Testament. He's quoting Old Testament again. It is through obeying the law that a person has life. Because, you know. The wages of sin is death. Exactly. So if you obey the law, you have life. But once again, if 
if if a big if all you follow all all breaking none so even though and and i remember i can't remember where it says it but it was it was almost as if the sacrifice the sacrifices were not appealing to god oh no like i said earlier but, yeah but but it was it was like it was a band-aid yeah it wasn't a fix it was a yeah, band-aid yeah it, it it didn't heal the problem it just covered the problem yeah god jesus healed the problem yep he took care of it completely okay let's see here the christ has rescued us from the curse uh pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross this is what we talked about earlier when he was hung on the cross he took he took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing for it was written in scripture he's quoting again cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree and what was the cross a tree through christ jesus god has blessed the gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham, so that we we who are believers might receive the promised, the Holy Spirit, through faith. Amen. And thank God for it. Oh yeah. So let's see here. Chapter four. So we got uh this is once again um part of his doctrinal stuff. Um Think, but I, hold, but I, I, before you go there, uh, well, I got something here highlighted, which might be good because in the previous chapter, uh, three, uh, let's see, verse seventeen, because you're going to four now, right? Yeah, uh, verse seventeen in that same chapter, uh, chapter three. Yeah, chapter three says, "This is what I mean: the law which came four hundred and thirty years afterward does does not." annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void for if the inheritance comes by the law it no longer comes by promise but God gave it to Abraham by a promise why then the law it was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made and it was put in place through angels by intermediary. In, uh, verse 23, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that the faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Jesus Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized unto Christ have, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. God, Jesus dying on the cross, took care of the law. Oh, yeah. There is no more law because the law didn't help you the law was, it was a, a curse. curse yeah you were slave to it yep um chapter four think of it this way if a father dies and leaves the inheritance this is uh inheritance of his young children those children are not much better off than slaves 
until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age that their father set to get their inheritance, right? So if it was 25 years old, they're stuck listening to whoever, so they're still slaves. And they, so it's saying the old law was like the guardian. It's, it's there until Christ comes. Yeah. To set you free, yeah. you know. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. It's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Um, we were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. So that he would adopt us as his very own children. And because we were his children, God was sent, uh, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the Holy Spirit. Uh, prompting us to call out Abba Father. Now we are no longer slaves, but God's own children. And since there are, since you are His children, God has made us His heir. But we no longer have to go by. You know, we're we're not slaved to the to the guardians anymore. Okay, before before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to the so-called lowercase gods that do not even exist, right? They're not real God. They don't, they're just something we made up or whatever. So now that you know God, uppercase G, the real God, or should I say now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days and months, seasons and years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom for these things, for I have become, like you Gentiles, free from those laws. Okay, I'm going to move on down to uh, verse 21. This is talking about the two children, Abraham's two children. Tell me, um, you who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife. So I, I believe that's his wife's handmaiden or something, right? Yeah, Ishmael's mother. Yeah. Okay, and one from his freeborn wife. So his actual wife. Okay, the son of the slave wife was born in a human attempted to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. Okay, so Abraham was promised that he'd have children at his old age, and he's like, hey, you know, we've been trying 
And his wife was Sarah, right? His wife, Sarah. Yeah, just as humans like, wanted to, to yeah, fulfill the law yeah, to please God, yeah, he thought he we're, could Well, we're do trying it. to do our own thing, exactly. you know. If we can put our own spin on it, you know, we want to do stuff our way. It, and I don't. my wife would never tell me this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, why don't you go over there and have, you know, relations. Yeah, I'm barren, so yeah, take go my Go have handmaiden. relations, take my handmaiden, whatever she was, and they're born a son. Okay. But the son of the freeborn wife, which later on Sarah got pregnant, was born as God's own fulfillment for his promise. These two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. The first woman, Hagar, which was the slave wife, represented Mount Sinai, where people received the law that enslaved them. Okay? And now Jerusalem is like Mount Sinai in Arabia. Okay. Um, Because she and her children live in slavery to the law. But the woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She was a free woman, and she was a mother or she, and she is our mother, um, as Isaiah said. Rejoice, O children, O childless woman. Excuse me, rejoice, rejoice, O childless woman. You who have never given birth, break into a joyful shout, for you have never been in labor. For the, the soul, desolate woman, now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaiah or Isaac, excuse me, just like Isaac, because you are now being persecuted by those who want you to keep the law. Once again, he's saying the law, the law is no longer. Just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort, because they took it upon themselves, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit, because Isaac was Sarah's boy. But what do, what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance with the free woman's son. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman. We are children of the free woman. So therefore, Praise we God. no longer need the old law to be the we don't children need the of tutor. the slave woman. We don't need the tutor no more. The exactly. teacher has came. Right. Chapter 5. Verse 1, so Christ was truly set, truly has set us free. Um, now make sure you stay free and do not get tied up again in slavery of the law. Don't have these Judaizers make you go backwards. Right, exactly. Listen, I, listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be no benefit to you. Which circumcision was one of the, one of the laws. 
And Abraham did it when he was 99 years old. Ouch. I'll say again, if you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the law of Moses. Because that is, if you're doing the laws, then you must do all the laws. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you must be cut off from Christ. Because the old law is different than what what Christ said, right? Yeah. You have fallen away from God's grace. It's not what I say. That's what Paul is saying right here, verse 4. Which, and though I think it's just so profound, is he was a Jew. He was a Jew. Not only was he a Jew, he was he, a Pharisee that yeah. persecuted Christians. Exactly. Well, something changed his mind. Right. Let's go down here to chapter 13, or not chapter, verse 13. If you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Right? So you're called to freedom, but don't use your free. In other words, kind of like what we're saying, you know, if, if the law's dead, so... I can do what I want. Well, see, this is this is where this is where my whole thing of even the Ten Commandments, right? Obviously, murdering people is wrong, so don't use your your freedom Get out through of Christ, free card. right? Like, oh, I'm saved. I can go kill this guy. He he cut me off. No, that's not what. You, no, not at all. Okay, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Because we all have, that's it, that's humans. We are all sinful. We can't help it. We just try our best not to, okay? Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Just like you said, in love, okay? For the whole law can be summed up in this one, in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's all that take, if you're loving your neighbor, you're not going to kill him. If you're not loving your neighbor, you're not going to take his wife or steal his car. Because that's not love. Yep. So the whole entire law can be summed up with love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what Jesus said. Love fulfills oh, yeah. the law. Yeah. But if you are always biting and devouring one another... Watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. Then you won't be doing the sinful nature craves. As in, you know, lusting after women or men, if you're women, whatever. You know, the opposite sex. We'll get to that analogy you was talking about okay. when you got back from uh, Iraq right, and so, we'll close. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, it was my second tour in Iraq. Um, my time was up in the Army. My four year, I did my four years, or almost did my four years. I had to come back and get out. Uh, I was not re-enlisting. So I got to come back early from Iraq. We pulled out of Iraq in 2012, uh, Christmas time. Our lovely president at the time, Obama, said that we'd all be home for Christmas. That, no. We, we might have been out of Iraq before Christmas. But I'm pretty sure we celebrated Christmas, 
drinking fake beer because <laughs> that was the only other thing but water. I think they might have had Gatorade. They might have had Coke. I don't remember. Um, but we all bought. We all went in and bought like a case of the fake non-alcoholic beer to just celebrate. You know, because I mean nobody really got hurt that tour. You know, everything did well, at least in our group. You know, we survived, right? So, but we had Christmas there um, in Kuwait, right? Well, I think it was March, February or March, maybe. I flew home. Well, I flew home with a um, contractor flight. So, I think it might have been me and maybe other three other military guys. The rest were all contractor people, cooks, and whatever they did, intelligence, whatever they did, but was contracted to the civilian side of of the world, I guess you call it. Um, so we didn't land on our normal stops, right? So, which I was still in uniform because um, I didn't have any clothes because I was over there, you know. So we landed in... Um, Indianapolis, Indiana. So I had like a four-hour layover, and if it's a military flight, you land, fuel up, and go. You, if you get off the plane, you get off the plane in a little room, and get back on the plane. You know, because you have your weapons. Use on a military flight. This flight didn't have my. You know, I left it there. So I landed there, and um, I went to this little pizzeria place. It was the only thing that looked good enough, you know, while I was appetizing, I guess. Like, they had little sandwich shops and this and that. I'm like, you know, I'm looking for, like, a steakhouse, you know, at an airport, something. You know, them fancier, bigger airports, you know, have actually decent restaurants in them. Well, where I was, it was just a little pizzeria place. So I go in there. And once again, I wasn't living right at this time, you know. I ordered me a couple uh, Jack and Cokes, you know, just unwinding, ordering my food and all this. And I go to pay, and the lady was like, hey, uh, you've been paid for, right? So it's like, you know, Christ paid for, paid my, my, my dues. You know, my dues to rot in hell. Right, that's what I what I owe from my sins and everything else. But Christ paid my bill for me. Okay, so so what do I do with that? You know, if I try to add works to it, well, let me go wash dishes or let me let me clean your bathroom. It'll make me feel better. Yeah, yeah, cause cause I got to do something. I can't just have it give to me. That's pride, ain't it? Well, well. It is pride, but what's the gift? You there just no took gift. that gift and shoved it down the toilet. It insulted that, the person yeah, that gave it to you. Exactly. So, so that's the same. You, you know, I guess a little analogy. That's the kind of, you know, if if I tried to do something to up their gift or to top their gift or, or whatever, could, or you could have been like, gift. hey, could I add 
two more pizzas to that yeah. and four more Jack yeah, and yeah. Cokes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, shoot. The law is dead. I can do what I want. How, how much money How much money they give you? Let me get some more drinks, you yeah. know. That's not an excuse but, to do no, that either. Exactly. That kind of goes back to the whole, you know, even though you don't let your, uh, oh, where was it? Don't let your faith, anyhow, I don't know where it was. But yeah, I mean, just like Paul says repeatedly, like in uh, oh, he tells you, know, you over and over Hebrews and, over and, and over. Romans, you know. So are you free to just keep on sinning? By no means. Of course, he says not. that repeatedly. Yep. Yeah, you know, just because your bill's paid for doesn't mean you uh, rack it up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyhow, yeah. I hope that kind of helped. Yeah. Which uh. I think that's a good stopping point, and uh, we'll pick back up part two, and we'll uh, dive into the the book of Hebrews. Uh, that's one of my favorite books, and uh, talks about uh, Christ as the the priest, uh, and even goes into uh, Melchizedek and see how he comes into play in all this. But uh, keep digging, guys, and we appreciate you listening, and uh, come back for part two. We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at thedig423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at The Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. you got to dig.